Good morning, world. AJ here bringing you back another episode of Diversal. And uh, I want to talk about the E and I for a minute and B. Can't forget about the B. Cannot forget about the belonging. Um, I want to talk about KPIs and OKRs for a bit of time here. And it's something that I, I believe is starting to pick up in the world of DEI, where leaders are starting to objectively set those those measures, right? They're starting to objectively set those OKRs, objectively set those KPIs, being able to truly measure comprehend, understand, look at trends, look at themes, look at insights. And it's something that I know for a fact will be picking up in a 2023 world. Now, many leaders from a DEI and B perspective look at trends and data around genders in certain particular roles, ethnicities in certain particular roles, um, the amount of times that these folks are potentially hired or supported in certain ways. There are very impactful, important, nuanced categories that I believe many folks understand and comprehend and track and measure as it pertains to DEI and B. But here's another factor, and I wrote a few here just so I wouldn't lose, lose track of these thoughts. Here's another few that I don't believe enough organizations are really tracking and understanding. Percentage of employees that feel an increased sense of psychological safety contextual to the way that they identify psychological safety, right? And this is a very nuanced element of the human being race that I don't believe has been implemented into the organizational fabrics of every company on the face of the planet. And what I mean by that, right, that was a mouthful. Uh, what I mean by that is at a very simple level, what, what makes me feel psychological safety with my wife is very different than what makes her feel psychological safety with her husband. What makes my sister feel psychological safety with her teacher is incredibly different than what psychological safety brings as she's building a relationship with her mother. There are different modes of psychological safety. There are different versions of psychological safety based off of your experiences, based off of who you're around, based off of your environment. And I don't believe enough organizations are really mapping it out in a very contextual, nuanced way. So what I would recommend, if you are a DEI and B leader, if you're an HR leader, if you're a people leader, if you're a if you're someone that's really trying to make sure your culture internally is inclusive, I would recommend tracking and understanding the percentage of employees that feel they have an increase of psychological safety, a sense of psychological safety, contextual to the way that they feel and identify safety. So however, however they identify safety, not how you define safety, not how the organization defines psychological safety, because I've seen that too many times where an organization will raise their hand and say, well, this is what we feel will make our employees feel safe. And we've done a poll. Now, I respect that poll because maybe 85 percent of your staff said, these things will make us feel safe. But what about the other percentage? What about the other 15%? What about the nuanced variables? Even what about the nuanced variables of the 85%? So these are things that I think everyone needs to really think about as it pertains to psychological safety, making sure people feel uniquely, make sure they feel like experiences are uniquely tailored to them. The second thing I want people to start tracking is the percentage of employees that feel they have an under that feel they have an understanding of how to best communicate with their supervisor. Again, that's a nuanced one. 
Now, why, why does that fall in the DEI and B variables? Is because if they know how to communicate best with their supervisor, number one, there's different, there's diversity in communication styles and preferences that they need to understand. So that means your organization is aligned and synced from that element. From an inclusion perspective, they now understand and feel super comfortable and super safe and super, um, again, inclusive of how to communicate, how to how to get their supervisor to pay attention to their new ideas, their perspectives, their insights. So, and, and I won't go through all of them, but at the end of the day, what I don't think enough employees are really recognizing, respecting, and understanding as it as it pertains to DE&I is that Yes, you want your supervisor to understand how to communicate to you. But at the same time, there are going to be situations. There are going to be moments where you personally need to understand how to communicate best to your supervisor to get an initiative off the ground, to be able to raise your hand and ask a question, to be able to to share an idea that you have about a few different initiatives that you're working on. You want to feel that safety when when you're doing that. You want to be able to know exactly how to communicate, exactly how to um, share those thoughts, those insights, those perspectives. And I believe it's something that a lot of organizations and a lot of people are missing the mark on. The third thing, percentage of percentage increase of employees feeling like they have a career mapping plan tailored uniquely to them. Come on. Everyone, I think, can agree this is a huge one going into a 2023 world here. Not only do we have, as an organization, career mapping plans, but does Sarah, does Andrew, does Derek, do they have a plan that's uniquely tailored to them? Was this a co-creation moment? Again, I always reference Keith Ferrazzi. Does Andrew have a IDP plan, an individual development plan that's connected to a career mapping plan over the next 18 months that's built out in, if you want to do a scrappy Excel sheet that's plugged into the HRS systems, that's plugged into any other tool that maybe manages some of your DEI and B programs, i.e. diversal, give a little plug. Um, you know, at the end of the day, you got to be able to understand that. You have to have, actually have a career mapping plan that one of your employees knows number one is uniquely tailored to them, very inclusive, and then number two, that they can actually pull up and be able to track and see where they are. It's incredibly important. Number four here, the percentage of increase, the, 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 oh my, I can't even talk here. The percentage increase of employees feeling that they have a true sense of responsibility in the decision-making process in ways that support their unique appetite. That was a mouthful again. I'll break this one down again. Percentage increase of employees feeling like they have a true sense of responsibility in the decision-making process in ways that uniquely fit their appetite or support their unique appetite. What I mean by that is every single employee across every single level has a desire to be a part of a decision. Some employees just want to be identified weeks prior to the decision being made. Some employees have a a big appetite of actually being involved in the brainstorming process. I'm one of those type of people. Some employees just want to at least be at least be um, mentioned throughout the process somehow, some way, fill out some survey, provide their two tidbits, whatever the case is going to be. But at the end of the end at the end of the day, you have to be aware as an organization. Every single employee to some degree wants to be involved in decisions 
And that is the way that you can build the most inclusive, the most productive, the most diverse path operationally and tactically, because if you have everyone that's involved in the decision-making process uniquely in ways that make them feel psychologically safe, now you're going to find a lot of productivity. Now you're going to get a lot of great ideas and now you're going to get a lot of great buy-in. Buy-in is such a key f- factor here. The last thing that I don't think a lot of people are understanding is the percentage increase of leadership holding and having life check-in one-on-ones. I'll say that again. Percentage increase of leadership holding and having life check-in one-on-ones. What I mean by that is I don't believe enough organizations are really taking seriously the leadership, the leadership factors of life. And what I mean by that is if you have an employee that has very different things happening in their life where there's a noticeable drop off in productivity, the leader should already be aware of those changes in life. The leader should be already be doing their part to reduce workflow, to reduce bandwidth, to reshuffle things, to provide more support, to 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 be some sort of a thought leader and mentor to them, to recommend them to some sort of counseling or therapy, to 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 find different ways to provide suggestions, to, to be a support system. And that should be uniquely crafted and tailored to that employee. And the leadership should already be knowing that because they have an operational fabric, an operational setting. Uh, an expectation where every single manager is having and holding these conversations. So these are all things from a tracking perspective that I think a lot of organizations are just simply missing the mark on. Now, I'll give you another factor that's a little bit different from the KPI OKR track. A lot of employees and a lot of companies need to understand that when it comes to DEI and B, that there needs to be a little bit more alignment around the OKRs, alignment around the KPIs, alignment around DEI and B strategies. So what I mean by that is I'll give you a couple examples. Recruiting teams, they may be designing career websites that are attractive to candidates that are represented by unrepresented backgrounds, but you have to make sure that you're involving and bringing in the leaders of those teams, the managers of those teams, as it pertains to writing inclusive job descriptions, ingraining your DEI and B into the employer branding, making sure that the copy is correct, making sure that the job descriptions are accurately reflecting what the reality of the, of the work life is actually going to be. You never want to have a situation where whatever you're saying to the world, the job's going to be, they get into the job, it's completely different. You don't want that disconnect from a learning and development perspective, designing and implementing training opportunities to develop knowledge and skills on DEI and B. From the marketing perspective, building a diverse team, an immersive team with local communities and different cultures and focusing to make sure that there's there's one core tone voice that can create a sense of belonging. From a customer support perspective, creating a diverse customer service team equipped to really understand the culture-specific knowledges, the listening skill sets, to be able to make everyone on the other side of the, of the call, clients, partners, etc., feel incredibly comfortable based off their unique variables of wherever they come from, their language barriers, things of that nature. So I think a lot of, a lot of organizations... Just think about baking in DE&I into the fabrics of recruiting, the fabrics of how they potentially hire, the compensation. But DE&I can really impact your marketing and customer base as well. So these are just a few thoughts that I just don't think enough organizations are thinking about in a very nuanced way. 
My name is AJ. I'm someone here that is excited to bring you consistent content on behalf of Diversal and frankly, just content covering DE&I overall. And uh, hopefully today was helpful. So as always, just a few thoughts, just a few perspectives, check in on all the updates and the greatest news with Diversal and we'll talk soon.